0: Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still David Carroll could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome to Ringing the Blues, the official Wick and Wanderers podcast. Coming up on this week's show, we've got all the action and reaction from the games against Accrington, Stanley, Adams Park and the trip to Pride Park to take on Derby County. We speak to Dr. Bob Sanger, the Wiccan Wanderers match day doctor, to find out more about his role and also about an invention that he's been working on.
0: But first, let's head to Mexico City to get the results with Uri. We are ringing the blues from Mexico City. My name is Uri, and before giving the results for League One, let's wish my friend Phil Catchbowl a very, very happy birthday. Estas son las mañanitas que cantaba el Rey David. That's happy birthday to you in a Mexican style. Now, back to the results. Accrington Stanley 1, Cheltenham Town Nil, Bolton Wanderers 1, Peterborough United 0, Bristol Rovers 3, Lincoln City 6, Cambridge United 0, Barnsley 3, Derby County 2, Wigan Wanderers 1, Exeter City 0, Burton Albion 2, Fleetwood Town 1, Charlton Athletic 1, Forest Green Robbers 1, Morecambe 2, Oxford United 1, MK Dons 2, Port Vale 2, Shrewsbury Town 1, Portsmouth 2, Plymouth Argyle 2, Sheffield Wednesday 2, Ipswich Town 2. Now Cherbo Spanish, is it 3 at the back or 4 at the back? Okay, the literal translation would be, you know, let's first study numbers, three, number three, tres, number four, cuatro, back, atrás, so, three at the back, or four at the back, tres atrás, o cuatro atrás, okay, but that's not the um, translation we use in Mexican football, in Mexican football we talk about line of, line of three, or line of four, so it would be Línea de 3 or Linea de 4. Very easy this time, my amigo Phil Catchpole. Happy birthday again and back to Ingerland. Until next week.
1: Ah, oh, cheers, Uri. Many thanks for the birthday wishes, everybody. And we have to say happy birthday to Uri too, because it was his big day on the 18th of September. So as we say here in London, happy birthday, mate. Right, Akronton Stanley at Adams Park. The first game up in the Bill Turnbull gantry. Big thanks to Wickham Sound and Landways for making it possible. The first commentary was with me and Steve Brown, one of Bill's favourite players. Here's what happened. Many thanks Luke. Welcome to Adam's Park live from the Bill Turnbull gantry at the back of the Frank Adams stand for full match commentary of Wickham Wanderers versus Akrinson Stanley. Wing has come across as well and now Mameti comes short goes back to McCarthy clips it down the line to Wing Wing controls Memetti takes over now on the right hand side digs out across look at Bucks, he gets there gets across his man heads the ball into the turf it was a comfortable save in the end but a decent move Steve
2: yeah it was you know Memetti was definitely wanted the ball from the throw in he worked it with um, McCarthy down the right hand side gets the ball back and then works across a great delivery going away from the defender which favoured uh, the striker so you know good attempt on goal Dominic Gate okay.
3: push oh it's a lovely ball McCarthy through and goal narrow angle takes a heavy touch oh, the God beats God. the keeper and I believe it McCarthy received the ball from Scott yes! his first shot looks a little heavy, he drew the keeper and he slid it underneath the advancing Lucas Jensen It's Wicker Wanderers won, Accuritan Stanley nil. great goal.
2: Yeah, great goal you know, again, credit to Josh Schoen I said earlier this game about second balls, it was a loose ball, Josh Schoen was quickly onto it and threaded it through the inside the centre back and the, and the left back
1: uh, Gareth, the 1-0 win against Accrington in the rain, under the lights at Adams Park, but uh, a really good team performance.
4: Yeah, I thought so too, Phil. You know, I thought um, we were solid. We didn't look like we were going to get scored against. They had one really good chance, you know, we put a cross in and I think or layout it was got to it near post. Max uh, Max was superb, you know, and uh, I thought his handling uh, his, his, the way he... he he manages the team in front of him and, uh, and his kicking was, was outstanding. Really but he had a great 10 in front of him, you know, a real 10. I don't want to pick anyone out today because everyone, everyone was super. It was probably a wicked performance in the rain on a zippy pitch, you know, with uh, a Tuesday night, you know, f- two, three, f- maybe 4,000 pounds here. That's all that we can, you know, we, we get for these games. And, uh, and fair play to the Accrington fans, you know, for travelling all that way. I, I live up there, I know how far it is, um, but they, they, they were there for their team and, uh, and I'm sure that um, They'll get more points on the road because they're decent, you know. When they can hurt you coming forward, um, but we didn't want to be hurt today, you know. The boys um, were drilled well this week. We we uh, changed shape slightly. Obviously, we went um, three at the back, and uh, and I thought it worked well. I think that you know, looking at the footage with Josh earlier in the week, that's the way we wanted to have a look at things, and uh, and then double blooms come in. And I told them what I wanted to do, and you know, together we we all sort of verified that you know, we thought that was the way that we could uh, we could hurt Atkinson. I thought first off first ten minutes we were uh, just camped in there half and then uh, when they started chucking so much forward at us when we went one nil up, Anis seemed to be getting so much space and then Ali when he came on and I thought we could have added one or two more, gay piece run through, just lost his legs didn't he and in, uh, in that last final bit, but um loose wing and it, again, you know, chances and folks you right there and it would have been great to cap that off. But uh no, really pleased. Good to have Voxy back. Um, the legs have got to be rested now for Saturday because we've got a big, big game coming up. Uh, derby, you got beat today, and not going to be happy about that. So, but really pleased. Really pleased with everyone today.
1: We had Steve Brown on comms tonight, and unsurprisingly, was purring about the central midfielders Josh mm. Go and Dominic Gape. Fantastic tonight. Absolutely, you know. And then
4: Nick Freeman when he came on, we. we I, you know, I put another one in there because I thought they were just getting hold of the ball a little bit too much for me, and, uh, and Nick did a job as well. So, but Dom and, and Josh, honestly, there's not two better midfielders in this league. I'm telling you, um, and, and if there is, they're, they're probably here. You know, with Lewis Wing, Nick Freeman, Jack Young coming through, and, and you know, it's uh, it's and Curtis Thompson. Wow, you know, I forgot about Curtis. He's been he's been injured for a while. So um, we've got these 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 midfield ratters because of the way we play. Um, they love, you know. I just said to Dom, I said I thought you're outstanding. Dom covered every blade, and he said to me, I loved it, Gaffer. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great for me when they uh, when they love playing this dogged way. Sometimes um, we probably went slightly away from some of the flowing football we've played, but again, that was for me. I, I wanted to um, I wanted to make sure the tactics were right to, to try and get at Accrington. They, they press you high, and we tried to get the ball forward as quick as we could to get in behind them, and uh, and it worked. Um, Jason McCarthy's goal took really well. Brilliant to have him back in the team, and as is Sam Volkes, uh, like i say it's only one game. Um, you know, John John's a, a wily wily fox in this game. They'll get points on the road, believe me, and, uh, and I consider that a good result against uh, a management team that's, that's nearly as long as me. You know, they've been together, so very very big respect for Accrington.
1: Accrington, by my count, 11 corners, probably double figures in terms of long throws into the box yeah. as well. But the clean sheet will certainly please you after some of the troubles that Wickham had in the earlier games of the season with set pieces. Yeah, we, we, we worked hard on it, you know, and, and
4: we, we brought them in and, and a couple of afternoons working on that. We've watched Accrington uh, extensively and long throws and set pieces. Um, they're, they're, they're a team that has had some stars in it and you have to give John credit, you know. Dion Charles and, and Colby Bishop and, and you know Pell and people like that and Sykes who's gone abroad so they've, they've had some real good players and they, they they have to sell they always have to sell these players and uh, and so John has to keep reinventing the team um, and they've gone probably slightly away from flowing football that like they used to play um, and and they've got these these set-piece specialists now as well and they're dangerous so um, but I, I, I think that any team tonight would have struggled to play. The way we pressed, the way we, the energy was in the team. I think the boys were a bit aggrieved at last week's equaliser and, uh, and they, they wanted to put a marker down tonight. And, and that's really good, but um, you know safe trip one for Accrington, Like I say, a lot of respect, that's my part of the world.
1: But um really pleased we got the win. Onwards to Derby, see you at Pride Park. Cheers, man. Max, a 1-0 win, but from a goalkeeping perspective, a clean sheet, that must have delighted you.
5: Of course, I think that we, we wanted, firstly, we wanted to win the game. Uh, I think our objective was achieved. We won the game. Uh, obviously, clean sheet and defensive performance from our team was brilliant today. And I think everyone seems to be happy today because of we could have, you know, they could have broken us down on the corners, um, set places and stuff like this. But actually, we stood up and defended really well our box. So that's credit to all the team
1: a big defensive display, it was 11 corners by my count and I think maybe double figures in terms of long throws into the box, so a lot of defending to do as a unit.
5: I lost count after the first one, to be fair. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Obviously, yeah, they, we knew what they are all about. We knew they are going to put physical uh, battle into it, we knew they are about set pieces, throw-ins, corners, uh, free kicks and stuff like this, so we prepared for that game really well and I think, as you could see today, we were... They really didn't really have much, you know, shots and the chances to, to score a goal.
1: One great save in particular in the second half from you from from Wally. It was close range. Did you see much of it?
5: No, I just basically stood in a good position, and then the ball just hit me. So I was just happy to save it. And you know, in a training, I was laughing because I let like three goals like that in the training, and I was thinking. In a game, I'm sorry, two goals. So third one, third time is lucky. So I saved it in a game. So that, that's good, really.
1: It's the first time we've spoken to you since the day you signed. How Have you settled into life here at Wickham Wanderers?
5: It's great. I'm really enjoying it, and obviously, <coughs> staff, facilities, everything. It's amazing. I'm really happy here. And I just basically love coming into training, love playing games, and then hopefully. And I will find a find a place to live. But actually, like, I'm, I'm enjoying the area. I'm just settling fine for now.
1: And the, the fans on the terrace is always a good relationship here at Wickham between the home fans uh, behind the goal. How are you getting on with those guys?
5: Well, f- fine, I bet. So I don't know. <laughs> as long as I'm um, keeping playing well and the team is performing, I think no one is getting a stick. You know. And I think obviously we we had supporting like come for away games and supporting, it's great. And then, obviously, we appreciate it as a, as a team, and then, obviously, fans are important to us. And while we got you on there, are you looking for somewhere to live in Wickham? What do you need? <laughs> <laughs> ideally, two bedroom house with a garden, but we'll see.
1: Okay, if anyone can help, Max, he's a lovely guy.
5: <laughs> and I've got a dog.
1: Okay, and a dog as well, but the dog's <laughs>
5: nice as well, right? He's nice, but I'm not saying a breed. Okay. cool will get scared.
1: Well played, Supermax Right then, the Accrington Stanley fans travelled in uh, Fairly decent numbers Over 70 there on a wet Tuesday night Long way from home Here's what some of them had to say after the full time whistle
2: Mr Tumble I think I saw Matt Lowe feature in play Just once after he came on We're going down if we keep playing like this Quotes for life We won't go down It's injuries. We've had several players from the first team out having to play young, undeveloped players. We also had to play Tommy Lee up top, and he's a midfielder. We played well second half, and a draw was deserved. We've been robbed recently. James Aki mad. Great second half. It's a shame we can't play with that intensity all game. And we're two up top. Tommy Lee didn't win a single header up there. I'm not slagging him off, he's a great midfielder. But he could clearly do with a strike partner. Such a shame we gave a soft goal away in first half. Richie Biscuits. Uh, I'm not having McCollville one bit. The game completely passed him by. He was at fault for the goal and all his deliveries were piss poor. Valerian When I saw the team and the fact that Darren Drysdale was in charge I feared the worst before kickoff. And I appreciate we have injuries, but the team really lacks balance at the moment Exile on Spencer Street I thought it was a better performance than at Forest Green But predictably the same result Tommy Lee's undoubted skills were wasted running around up top on his own. And I can't remember Stanley getting anything from any of the many, many corners. Also, predictably, the poor referee from Drysdale. Coyle got a yellow card for being fouled. Hamilton was pushed in the back and, and fell on the ball uh, and was penalised. Clark was shoulder-charged down in the corner, and when he reciprocated perfectly legally, the Wiccan player got a free kick for diving. It seems an established law amongst refs that Stanley's attacking players can be pushed and pulled with impunity. Inspector Morse. I thought we did okay last night. We probably were no blunt to them for much of the season so far. Effort was there, and I thought, on points, we merited a draw. The pressure is on a bit now, though, especially if we lose on Saturday. Button down the hatches, it's going to be a long winter. Oof, yeah, it's going to be
1: a long one, isn't it? Right then, Derby County action and reaction coming up. But first, I spoke to one of my favourite people connected with Wickham Wanderers, Dr Bob, a very interesting guy, and we thought we'd find out a bit more about what he gets up to on a match day and also what else he does when he's not at football. <laughs> Dr. Bob, we are in your room in the bowels of Adams Park. The music we can hear is coming from the home dressing room. But uh, explain your match day operation. and What's your average match day as, as the club doctor?
6: Yeah, so um, I'll generally on the day have a conversation with the, uh, the physio staff to see if there's any particular issues that are going to need to be addressed uh, for the game uh, sometimes if players may be having some degree of sort of illness or something beforehand and they just need fitness testing um, then I'll come in a bit earlier and uh, check them over make sure that they're all absolutely fine and uh, other than that uh, I'll arrive usually about an hour and a half before the game um, catch up with everybody make sure there aren't any other issues that need attending to have a look go through my equipment do an equipment check and uh, then welcome the crowd doctor the opposition medical team and then uh, liaise with the pitch side emergency staff, uh, such as our uh, wonderful paramedics. And, uh, and then, generally, as uh, sort you of about half an hour, 40 minutes before kickoff, we'll then do an emergency action plan meeting with uh, all of the emergency medical staff to make sure that everything goes smoothly, hopefully.
1: So, you are an integral part of this game. So, every professional football match in the country has a similar setup?
6: Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, it's fairly standard now in terms of how medical teams operate. Um, there's a, a slight sort of differentiation between the crowd medical team and the pitch side emergency team. So there's, uh, depending on how many uh, fans there'll be coming to a game, there's often a crowd doctor as well. And we often tend to have a regular crowd doctor here at uh, Adams Park. It's a chap called uh, Dr. Carl Wardman. It's a lovely chap. and uh, And then there'll be a paramedic team assigned to the crowd doctor as well but we all work as one cohesive unit and uh, we try very hard to make sure that everybody knows what roles they're going to be taking up uh, should something significant and unforeseen happen.
1: Uh, so if you were to have a medical emergency at a football
6: match, it's probably not a bad place to bring society society. There's a lot of medical cover here. Uh, there is plenty of cover, although we would uh, discourage anybody wanting some urgent medical attention to come to Adams Park in the first place. But there's uh, probably better places uh, to, to get ill. But um, having said that, you know, we're, we're generally fairly well prepared, um, as was unfortunately illustrated with the fortunate incident with uh, Mr Bird. Um, a couple of years ago and um but but actually you know everything that needed to happen actually happened, and it was extremely effective at the time. How long have you been a uh, club doctor here at Wickham Wonders? Uh So I'm coming into my this is my fifth season now. Um, I was uh, very, very fortunate that in my first season we got promoted. The uh, second season we survived. Uh, and then third season we got promoted again. And uh, didn't manage to keep up the run for the fourth year, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, but you know, we can make all sorts of allegations that we were robbed at the time. But um, but I think, you know, it's been a, a wonderful sort of uh, distraction from the rigours of the NHS, um, you know, and through a very, very difficult time and uh, a very enjoyable experience uh, overall, and it's really nice to be able to contribute.
1: And is this the first football team you've been involved with in a a medical capacity?
6: Uh, Yes, it is, yeah. So I'd uh, never done any football medicine work before I arrived here. And um, But then since then, you know, I've been fortunate enough to extend my repertoire of environments I've worked in. I've done a bit of work for Reading's Academy. And then I was fortunate enough to be um, asked to cover the women's Euros games at uh, Brentford, uh, which is a real honour.
1: So this is really interesting because we're going to move this conversation on now because you've used your medical experience and now your football experience and you're opening up another avenue to your, well, another string to your bow is probably the right thing and you're now involved in shin pads. So explain to me a bit about this.
6: Yeah, so it uh, probably doesn't escape anybody's attention that uh, the modern day footballer chooses to forsake sometimes what is a very important piece of their kids. It's the only piece of... Uh, protection that's actually mandated by the rules of the game. So all players are meant to go on with appropriate sort of shin pads. Um, some of them rather naughty um, and wear shin pads that sort of just about would fit a four-year-old. And others do all sorts of things like trimming down bits of yoga mat. Um, I'd like to think that there aren't any characters like that here at Adams Park, but I, I can't pass comment beyond that. <laughs> but um, so, you know, we're unfortunate enough that sometimes we see the consequences of uh, a lack of adequate uh, protection from our players. And um, uh, a very close friend of mine who I I used to play five-a-side football with um, had been involved previously with this amazing British company called Rion Labs. And, uh, you know, we we were having a conversation and uh, we thought, actually, there there must be a better way to do this. Uh, And that's what led to our conversation with uh, Rayon Labs, who are an absolute sort of world leader. And they have this amazing smart material, which was uh, developed and invented by a very clever chap called Dan Plant at Imperial College. And uh, they've spun that out into a company. And, um, you know, we're really quite fortunate and very excited that we're the first ever um, sort of company to pioneer something like this in world football so um, you know and, and Adams Park and the, the players that we've got here at Wickham Wanderers uh, were kind enough to allow me to use them as a, as a test bed as it were um, and the feedback's been excellent
1: uh, it's a podcast, it's very difficult to explain. I mean, I've seen and touched and felt these. Uh, where can our listeners find out more and, and see what you're talking about with these shin pads? Because they are really quite something.
6: Yeah, so um, uh, we've got uh, an active sort of Instagram page where things are sort of getting posted out. But uh, we've got a good website. It's uh, www.smart-armor.com and um, give us a follow on Instagram. We're on Twitter, although there's uh, nobody following us really on Twitter other than me or my mum, maybe. <laughs> but um, but actually, you know, hopefully there'll be more coming out because, um, you know, we're very excited that our players have recognised that this is a really interesting and unique product. And, um, you know, we're going to be trying to see if we can promote this sort of culture of safety um, and and, you know, attention to detail within the British game.
1: It's a wonderful amalgamation of your life's experiences, isn't it? Because doctor, GP, NHS, into football, realised the problem and then acted upon
5: it.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the wonderful thing is that a club with a relatively flat hierarchy, with such an open and welcoming atmosphere, everybody is treated as being unique and capable of generating, you know, really fruitful ideas and uh, and actually it's places like this where sort of you know the the sort of flair for british innovation and talent can still flourish and, uh, you know, had I not been in an environment like this, nothing like this would have happened. Had I not had a friend who had actually been in sort of contact and worked for this company before uh, Rion Labs, I don't think we would have done this. And had I not been supported by the players and the staff, I don't think we would have done this. So, you know, it's just wonderful that actually uh, little old and Mondras, uh, you know, is is capable of doing things that are world firsts. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very proud to have been involved.
1: Smart Armour shin pads sounding good. Sam Vokes wears them, and I caught up with him to find out why he likes them. folks Smart Armour shin pads. How mm. long have been wearing these for a few months, right?
2: Yes, yeah. Dr. Bob brought them into the club. Um, I've been wearing them for about six months, maybe uh, Christmas last year. And I love them, to be fair. They're
1: amazing. Why are they so good? Um, I think it's quite... It sounds stupid. It's actually quite hard to find a good shin
2: pad that's comfortable, durable, and, like... To be honest with you you don't even feel like you're wearing it um but we've gone through all the technology with them, and it, they sound brilliant so um you've got the protection and uh yeah, you feel good comfortable and it has got the Wickham Wanderers link to
1: it because it's Dr Bob Exactly, Dr Bob, that's the best part about it So he's personalising mine Hopefully with a number 9 and a Wiccan badge That would be even better Cheers folksy, back to Dr Bob uh, On another note altogether I was asked recently in an interview with the Wickham Wanderers fanzine uh, If I could take three members of the squad With me on a pub quiz uh, uh, Who would they be? You were one of them Bob so I'm going to put you on the spot here What's the capital of Luxembourg? Oh
6: goodness me, you've uh, got me there I'd say it's Luxembourg, isn't it?
1: Correct, um, this, is a, um, this has been the care of my decision, fantastic Bob it's great to chat to you for ringing the blues And we wish you all the best with your smart armour shin pad It's a real pleasure Phil, keep all the great work Because I've always been a big fan, I'll continue to be Top man Big up Dr Bob Sanger, great story and a great bloke Right, on to Pride Park then Wickham Wanderers taking on their old friends Derby County Toby Large joined us on comms Here's what happened Mameti left wing now is away, he's inside the box, goes past one, still going Mameti still
3: going and scores! And it's Fameti does it again! Dancing it off the left hand side. He brushes past defenders like they don't exist and then pops it in the bottom corner for his fifth goal of the season. Anis Fameti is writing his name in lights in League One this season. Wickham Wanderers lead here at Pride Park, Derby Nil. Wickham one. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every single week. We watch the same goal for him, he skips plus one, he skips bus 2 fires it in at the near post and it's just becoming the most common thing ever for, for Wickham. I can't believe what I'm watching from this kid.
1: McGoldrick. McGoldrick on the left hand side. Squares it, finds Huberhane.
3: Shot comes in and the scores. There's the equaliser. The left foot of Conor Herahain, and Max Stryek is finally beaten on 71 minutes, Derby County won, Wickham Wanderers won well that is as good of a goal as we are going to be able to see in this league that's absolutely excellent football from Derby played it to the edge of the box to Conor and well he'd been given just too much time and right on the stroke of the end of the National Anthem that the Derby fans had been singing they uh, kind of teed that off with um, Conor Hoorahan behind in the top corner, that was brilliant finish his left foot into the top left corner and uh, yeah things are all square here once again Wic and wick maybe just need to try and come out of them now definitely not game over and the three points are still there to fight for
1: it's a ball into barcus and then college with a good flick but mccarthy with a vital tackle but it breaks to hoover hayden now cashing on the left wing Derby once more, cross comes in. It's driven across, punched away by Strick. Belendez-Lang is in the area still, onto his left. Can he get a shot away? He can't. Sibley. Sibley gets a shot in, and
3: then it's beaten away. Huma scores! the Hayne at the double for Derby County. Wickham couldn't clear their lines, and they were leading, but Derby have pegged them back, and with five minutes to go, they get in the lead. Derby County two, Wickham Wanderers one. I based on this second half it's probably a deserved lead for Derby County, they've uh, been the more attacking of the two sides and you felt like it might have been coming.
1: Defeat on the road then for Wiccan Wanderers and some of those Derby fans were very happy indeed on the final whistle. Here's the opposition view, part two. The
7: CFC Pete. Wickham are some right shithouse anti-football merchants. And the ref was spying us with it too. What a striking difference between them and that Plymouth side who came and took the game to us. (laughs) And got a win by the way. Terrible team. Football won the day today. Potting. So happy we beat that load of scummers. That's what happens if you do a Ronaldo-like celebration at 1-0 up in the 15th minute and then proceed to time waste for the next 75. Morons. Back to London you go. Good riddance. Stephen Pickering. A well-deserved win for the boys today. A shocking opening 25 matured into some of the best football we've played this season. Battered them. Finally, a second half that showed we do possess, or at least attaining, the required level of fitness too. Dean Clark. That game today was exactly what I've been expecting from League One. A horrible long ball team consistently slowing the game down. That's Wickham. Well done, our boys. Tom. We're lucky we're in League One with performances like today's. Any half-decent championship team would have put us to bed very early in the first half. Luckily, we can get away with it at this level. Andrew one. For me, the first 20 to 25 was shockingly poor. They are a poor side, and we actually made them look above average. After that, things improved only slightly until half-time. <laughs> the real turning point was the introduction of Collins and Mendes Lang. He had their fullback on toast, and the changed information did the trick. Horrible little club, horrible manager, and horrible chairman. Couldn't have turned out better. Gemma Marie. So fitting that just as God Save the King rang out across the only football ground opened by the Queen, O'rahan equalised today. Gordon Williams. Hmm... Can we be sued for scoring more goals than them?
1: Right, that's it off for this week. Many thanks to Gareth Fainsworth, Max Striek, Dr Bob Sanger and also to Wickham Sound and Landways for all their hard work in making it possible to do commentaries now from the newly named Bill Turnbull Gantry at Adams Park. We'll be back next week with news of the Papa John's game against Stevenage and our trip to Sheffield Wednesday. In the meantime, come on you Blues.